Hi loves, and welcome to the With Love Always podcast, a podcast to help you live the life you were created for. We are your hosts and your friends, Bree and Marissa, and we're so grateful you're here. We pray you listen and leave feeling more inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode today. I'm so excited because we posted on Instagram that we were doing a little advice column slash Q&A and you guys came through with some of the best questions. So I honestly just want to dive right in because there's a lot to unpack. We're going to try to get through as many as we can, but there still were so many more amazing ones that Mm -hmm. hopefully we can answer in another episode. So yeah, let's just jump in. Yeah, you guys truly asked the most intentional, in-depth questions. So none of these are super light. They're all pretty deep. And we're so excited, as always, to be able to speak on all the things you guys shared with us about and are curious about our perspectives on. So yeah, let's dive in. We're going to be talking about so many things. We're going to be talking about purity. We're going to be talking about discernment. We're going to be talking about life after graduating college. Literally, I think every single question is actually so tremendously different. So you're going to hear us touch on a lot of different topics in this Q&A. So let's jump right on into it. Question number one is somebody asked how to figure out what to do post-grad. Honestly, I'm going to try to make this relevant as well if you are still just trying to figure out what to do like even career wise Mm -hmm. honestly I'm in the same boat I feel like we all are I remember when I was in college I just had such an idea of I'm going to graduate and get my dream job and work my way up the corporate ladder and I'm going to do this in five years and this in 10 and it's like you kind of build out this plan Mm -hmm. and maybe that's your experience or maybe you're like I have no idea there's no job I can even think that I would want to do or like where do I even get started there's so many options I would say the first thing I always recommend and even just remind myself of is to release the pressure you absolutely do not need to know what you want to do for the rest of your life or even what you want to do career-wise whether you're in college or just graduating I feel like even people that do have such a specific idea that ends up like changing you can even get your dream job and realize okay this is a little bit different than what I was expecting or that it serves you for a season and then you want to make a shift so I would say honestly even if people say they know exactly what they want to do it's probably going to change so just do not feel any sort of pressure I think just try to keep such an open mind I would say something I did was just making even a list of like strengths of mine or even just things I enjoyed. Like it can be really simple. Like I love being in an intimate office environment and I love this kind of like this is the atmosphere I thrive in. Even simple things like that I think are really helpful when you're kind of trying to look for a sense of direction. Um, And another thing is just talking to as many people as you can that are in the workforce. So that can be like family, friends, people that went to your college and are alumni, people you reach out to on LinkedIn, just asking them about what their day-to-day looks like, what they do and don't like about their job. I feel like a lot of times we don't even know what our dream job is when we're in college because we haven't even heard of it or we didn't even know that was a career. So I think just trying to be super open-minded, talking to people, getting a sense of what's out there, and even like as you're applying, just keeping keeping an open mind, interviewing with honestly anyone that wants to interview you. I feel like it's worth talking to them, just getting a sense. I think naturally you'll start to narrow it down and you'll realize, oh my gosh, I could really see myself at this company. It seems like everyone there is really happy. There's a lot of growth opportunities or maybe vice versa. You're like, this just does not seem like the atmosphere for me. So I think don't be intimidated. Like just kind of start putting yourself out there and talking to people and naturally you'll start to go in kind of the right direction and you can always pivot like never be afraid taking the wrong job is still I feel like the right move in a lot of ways because you learn so much about yourself Mm -hmm. and there's never like a wasted job that we take we're always growing and learning and so 
Yeah, I would just say that's some of my advice and even things I'm reminding myself of. Yeah, that's so good. And I really love what you said of just like the honesty of like you're still kind of figuring it out. Because truly, like, I mean, I graduated college, oh my gosh, when? 2018? So that's five years ago. That is insane. And I can just tell you like five years, you might hear that, especially if you're just about to graduate college or maybe you're a year out from graduating college, you know, whatever that's looking like for you or whether you've also been out of college for five years and maybe you relate to what I'm about to say. But truly, it's like I don't think I could have predicted at best what my career would look like in the job that I would have now. Like when I was 22 and I was graduating college or 21 about to turn 22, I just remember like even at best my quote unquote dream job. I mean, I would say essentially what I have now is like one of my dream jobs, but me at that age could have never ever have dreamt up the job that I do have now. I could have never dreamt up the city that I live live in. I couldn't have dreamt up the industry I'd be in, the type of work that I'd be doing. And it really just took, you know, God taking me along on this journey of just saying yes to one next step and yes to one next step and, you know, showing me what I'm gifted at and showing me through different jobs and different opportunities, different people in my life, different friendships in my life, different moves I made post-grad that really just revealed to me like, oh, I like this or I'm good at this or, you know, this friend called this out in me or, you know, as I kind of just get more years of my adulthood under my belt, I realize, oh, wait, you know what? I was passionate about this when I was 22, but at 23, I'm not. But at 24, I'm now passionate about something completely new. And so I think just to what Marissa said, just not putting this perfect outline or perfect expectation of what needs to come next. I think really just focusing on any next step that's in front of you, whether that is, you know, a job opportunity that is in front of you that you feel really confident in, or maybe it's the only one in front of you and you're like, you know what, maybe I'm just going to take a risk and and say yes to this. Or maybe it is just applying for so many different roles and seeing kind of where that interview process leads you. And also don't be afraid to fail. I think we hear that (laughs) advice all the time, but nothing is a failure because everything is leading you towards that next step in your life. Like Marissa said, don't be afraid to take the job that maybe isn't quite right for you because you're still going to learn something so valuable. So yeah, I would say that's some of my advice. I love that. So jumping into the next question, it says how to find the motivation for self-care and mental health. I think with this question, it can honestly be such a daunting thing because I know, at least for myself, even now, for being someone that I do feel like I prioritize my mental health, self-care, just like my own thoughts, my own inner workings of my mind, sometimes it is still very daunting to be like, how do I really take care of my mind? How do I really protect my I don't know, spiritual health and protect my mental health and protect the words that I'm speaking over myself or my perception on things. And I think sometimes it's like, where do you kind of start with that? But I think my best advice for that is just reminding yourself just how much your mental health and taking care of your self-care really does affect every single sector of your life. You have to be the most important thing in your mind and in your life in order for everything else in your life to flourish. It really has to start within. And I think sometimes we think it's the opposite, that we have to invest all of ourselves, whether it's into our friendship or career or family, our passions or this or that. But truly, like if we are not nourishing ourselves first, other things in our life can't flourish in the way that they are intended to. So I would say just finding one way that you can just really equip yourself and really just I don't know, sit with yourself and just really focus on what is your mind thinking? Like, do you have a healthy headspace for yourself? What are the thoughts that you think about yourself on the day to day? And just kind of evaluating from there of how you can best take care of your mental health, because that is such a personal journey and it's going to look so different from other people around you. But I know that common tools that a lot of people do use is like journaling or, you know, getting outside or praying for us, reading the Bible, like all those things are so important to us to really equip us to have a really good, peaceful, clarity sense of mind. And so, yeah, I would just say 
like I said, just allowing yourself to nourish in, in order for other things in your life to really flourish. Yes, that's so good. And what struck me about um, the way this was worded was like how to find the motivation. Yeah. And typically when I'm struggling to find motivation, it's because I don't necessarily like want to do that thing or that doesn't sound as appealing. So I imagine like for me, something that I've learned, I think I used to not look forward to self-care as much because Mm -hmm. I thought I had to do this specific thing that wasn't something I actually enjoyed doing, which might be your experience. And so I would say like, don't just look at what your friends are doing or what you see on Instagram that's working for people. Self-care can take so many different forms. And I promise you there is something out there that you will genuinely get so excited to do that will be really healthy for you. And so I think just trying different things and finding what works for you. Like it could even be watching the sunset or doing something simple like going on a drive. There's just so many different ways. And if you find that that thing feels forced or it doesn't work for you, like keep trying different things because I really think when you find it, you're going to be so excited and that is going to be the thing you want to prioritize and you look forward to. And it doesn't feel like a chore or an afterthought. And then also I think just like setting aside an intentional time for that. So it could be a daily thing. It could be a weekly thing, but just literally writing it down on your calendar, I think will also allow you to just, I don't know, have something fun that you can look forward to and find that thing that kind of works for you. Because yeah, like we were sharing, there's so many different ways it it can look. Maybe you want to do like therapy or something more formal and that works well for you. Or maybe you want it to be like taking a bath or, or something really simple, just something that you genuinely get excited for and you can kind of set aside the time for. Question number three is advice on pursuing purity slash waiting until marriage. So I know for this question, this is something that was really important when I was dating my husband and then I know Brie the same way in her season of dating. Um, So if this is something that like you feel called to do as well, I would say when I look back on that season of dating and just my thoughts around waiting until marriage and all of that, I knew it was something that I wanted to do, but I kind of felt like it felt like almost a rule or a restriction. And so I think for me, like I would love if I could almost go back and reframe that for myself. And what I mean by that is just remember that that is a desire of yours. And so it's something that we get to do. And it's something that we get to protect and honor and have something to look forward to and just finding more freedom in that. And I think, again, like there are so many different ways people go about this. I know for some people, freedom actually looks like really strict boundaries and they have ideas of like, okay, we don't put ourselves in this situation because it can be tempting or whatever that might be in others for them. And I know I kind of tend to be a bit more this way, like when I can just kind of take the stress off of it and I'm not so focused on like, I can't be in this situation or I can be in this and I can just know that that is the desire of my heart and I am letting that lead and it's not about rules or guilt or these strict things I have to follow but rather it is something that the person I'm dating also desires and together we can be really intentional in that and we can let this desire bring us closer and we can find what does work for us and what doesn't and we can be open about that and communicate and I think when we let it be something that provides freedom and direction towards the future rather than restriction and shame we're able to I think just enjoy the dating process for what it is and honestly use it as an opportunity to bring you closer with the person you're dating also bring you closer like for us closer to God and trying to understand why that was his intent and how that can actually be a really beautiful thing for us so I think that would be the main thing is just like trying to just alleviate yourself from that and I think too if like you're really struggling I think another option is just like inviting community into that. So maybe it's even just finding a really awesome like couple or 
like, girl that's married. So finding somebody that's walked through that season and and is now on the other side and can kind of speak into that. And I think, yeah, like, I think once you're married, you realize, oh, wow, this is like so special and it's so worth all of those like hard moments or uncertain moments. And you really see like the beauty and freedom that it creates. So I think when when it's getting tough, just setting your sights on that and just surrounding yourself with people that can help encourage you in that Mm -hmm. rather than any sense of like stress or anxiety towards it. Yeah, that's such beautiful advice. I think for myself, because remaining pure and just like really honestly protecting what sex means to me like for me sex is so sacred and I think as a Christian woman I think sex is something that can feel so taboo or it feels like something that's so like scary and off limits and shameful and I know for me like even as a Christian woman like it took a while for me to arrive to a place to truly be like you know what like I want to save sex for marriage, not because it's a rule, not because it's an expectation, not because other Christians are shaming me into thinking that this is the right way and the only way, but it became a personal decision as I really pressed into, whoa, this is so sacred. And I want to protect sex with the intention that God created it for. And I think something that I want to like remind and even speak and like even speak over myself as a single woman who is dating and, you know, has made you know, not necessarily mistakes, but has like, you know, overstepped my own boundaries in previous dating relationships is that first and foremost, like don't be ashamed that you have a sex drive. I think that's something that people don't really bring into the conversation when we're talking about purity and saving yourself till marriage having a sex drive and wanting to have sex is a normal experience and the reason why is because god created you and god created that desire within you and i think that's so counter what we often hear in the conversations about you know purity culture and i think there can also just honestly be a lot of shame and really unhealthy views when it comes to purity culture which is why i almost don't even love labeling it as that like i wouldn't say like i'm i i mean in a way i am pursuing pure purity but i'm more so just pursuing god's heart and i'm pursuing like how sacred it is and will be when I want to connect with someone in that way. It's because I have chosen this person so fully. They have chosen me so fully. And in that connection, I will be so fully safe, so fully seen and so fully loved. And not that, you know, we've all made mistakes. I'm sure that someone listening to this maybe has had a history and is just now arriving to a point of conclusion of like, I really want to save myself moving forward. You can. And I think the number one thing that I would encourage anyone out there, whether you have made mistakes in the past, quote unquote mistakes, we all make them, but also mistakes in your history is what makes you so powerful and what's what makes you you and what makes your decision that much more beautiful, not that much more less. So remember that. So whether you've made mistakes in your past and you want to commit to saving yourself to marriage or whether you're in a relationship with someone you love and it's really, really, really hard to abstain, reminding yourself that the best thing you can do is not shame yourself towards this goal, but is to love yourself, love God, and also remind yourself that God loves you so much that that is his heart and his intention behind this desire for you to save yourself until marriage. It's not that you are a shameful person. It's not that you need to be embarrassed or you need to keep things in the dark. If anything, I know something that's been so healthy for me is like the times that I've overstepped my own boundaries or maybe did something that, not that I regretted, but in hindsight didn't want to do I vocalize it I tell my friends I say hey like I did this and I'm not ashamed of it because I don't need to be ashamed I just need to acknowledge it I need to speak it out into the light invite my friends into this so they know fully where I'm at and they can love me in that and it's in that love that I receive from my friends from God and myself that I can continue forward on this path of protecting what sex and purity and that gift will mean to me. So in conclusion, 
remove shame. Shame does not need to exist. Do not feel ashamed for things you've done. Do not feel ashamed for the desire that exists, but love yourself towards the beautiful gift of what saving yourself for marriage can be for you and can be for me too. So next question is, what advice would you give to someone who feels the pressure of drinking and going out culture? Oh man, do I feel this one so hard being in my 20s. And it's so funny because it is currently Halloween weekend or the weekend before Halloween as we're recording this. And I was telling Marissa that last night I actually went out, which is wild and crazy for this one right here. Um... And I chose not to drink, not because I don't drink, but I just, that was a personal decision that I made last night and I just didn't want to. And even yet, like I had so much fun. I enjoyed going out and going dancing. And it's definitely something that I don't do super often because I particularly can really resonate with you who asked this question because I feel like I don't really love going out culture. I don't really like drinking culture. And I've truthfully been that way since I was young. Like I remember being in my early 20s and even in like college, I just never particularly enjoyed it. And I think I imagine if you're asking this question or anyone who relates with this feeling, at least for myself, even to this day, being in my like later 20s, sometimes there's like this feeling of shame of like, why don't I like going out? Why don't I like drinking? Why can't I just like the things that other people like? But I think my greatest advice is first and foremost is just to honor that feeling within yourself. If you do not like to drink, you do not like to go out, I would really encourage you to one, honor that, but also to to not submit yourself to doing that just because you think you need to. I think even like last night, for me, it was so fun because it's like a once, a once in a while thing. But it also reminded me of like, you know what? This is not my favorite environment to be in. And that's why weekend after weekend, I choose to not put myself in that environment. I don't always love how I feel. I don't love how I feel when I'm drinking or I don't love how I feel when I'm out late. I don't love not being able to have intentional conversations with my friends. And so I think something that I've reminded myself as I've just grown more secure in myself and also more secure in that it's okay if you don't like these things. There are so many people out there who are so like-minded to you, friendships that you can build and that you can make that are not established on these things. That is not the only way to connect with people. And if anything, I think it's actually one of the least beautiful ways to connect with people. I think it's actually a way to disconnect in ways. And I know for myself, when I started just having more friendships in my life that were so life-giving and so like-minded where we found joy in maybe going to dinner or cooking dinner at home or sitting on the couch and just talking for hours and catching up, the more I met like-minded people like me, the less that I felt like it was crazy that I didn't like to drink and I didn't like to go out. And so reminding yourself that you are not alone in this feeling. There is no pressure. Do not allow FOMO to exist because I promise you, at least in my experience, of all the nights I've ever gone out in my 20s, <laughs> I honestly can't remember one that is as significant or as special as the numerous nights that I chose to stay home or spend quality time with a friend or do something more intentional. And so you're really not missing out on anything, even if it feels like everyone in your friend group is doing it, even if it feels like everyone in your friend group is enjoying it. I guarantee not everyone is enjoying it as much as you think they are. And so allowing that to be something that Instead of making you feel isolated or feel like you're the odd man out and you're going to lose friendships because of this, like reminding yourself that there are people who are going to love you, agree with you, and also want to pursue friendship and life with you in the way that you do. So don't give into things that you don't want to give into because it's just not worth it. Like it really ends up making you feel so empty, mm -hmm. at least in my experience. And at the end of the day, like something I always think about when it comes to drinking, and I've always kind of been this way, is like my body really is such a temple and I want to take care of it. And I don't feel taken care of when I'm tired or when I'm 
out of control or I can't remember what I did or I'm just putting alcohol in my body when I don't actually desire to have a drink. So don't be afraid to take a stand for yourself, your body, and your mind in that way either. Yeah, I remember this makes me think back to college time just because, I mean, still I think like we still have so many friends and like when you're in your 20s people still do love drinking and going out so it's not something that's like just in college yeah but I think that's where it becomes like because it's a new thing that's where a lot of the social activities revolve around and I remember just really being afraid that I wasn't going to make friends because I wasn't in those social atmospheres But honestly, there were like definitely seasons where I was missing out on meeting new people or things like that. But anytime I would be in that circumstance, I would realize, number one, like that is not the way to really meet people. Like people are so in their own world in those moments that it's really hard to actually go and get to know people and like have a meaningful conversation. And so I think like I was even surprised. But when I just started asking people that even if that was like the only social activity on their radar, I would just ask people if they wanted to like go, I don't know, do like a picnic or grab brunch or something. And they were always so like surprised by that invitation. But for me, it was such a like quality way where you still can have a social life and you still can spend time with people. In fact, you're going to be spending like much more quality time with those people and you still can hang out and make friends and it doesn't have to feel like such a loss and you don't have to feel any sorts any sort of like guilt or pressure and honestly don't be afraid like if that is not something you enjoy we completely relate like we are there and you will find other people that feel the same way and you also don't feel like just because somebody does enjoy that that you can't be their friend because I promise you they will be so open or at least we found that they're so open to like hanging out during the day or like doing other activities that you do enjoy so you still can make friends and you still can enjoy like hanging out without having to drink or go out or do anything that you don't want to do or don't feel comfortable doing. Okay, the next question is tips for discernment. So I'm going to answer this through, again, just kind of a biblical lens because when I hear the word discernment, I just think of kind of like you're trying to decide what it is that God is guiding you to do. The first thing, I just want to honor you in even writing this question because I think it's just so powerful if you even have the desire to improve in your area of discernment. Honestly, invite God into that and pray through that. I think that is such a beautiful desire. I know that throughout scripture, it just always says that God is eager to give us wisdom and he wants us to hear his voice. So when I've been in those moments where, yeah, for me, like, I remember when I was really pressing into my faith, kind of like high school, college age, I just wanted to be able to hear God's voice. Like I felt like some people would just share stories and they'd have so much conviction and clarity and just assurance in the decisions they were making. And I loved that and I wanted that. And I felt like that was kind of a place in which my faith had yet to kind of evolve and grow into. And I remember somebody was giving me their advice and they were saying that what really changed for them is when they really started to read scripture, not just read like one-off Bible verses or even just hearing scripture at church, but when they started to study the word themselves and just open up their Bible, they started to become familiar with not only God's character, but also his voice. And they realized that God was speaking to them. They just didn't have the language to really recognize it. And when you're It's kind of like if you want to get to know somebody and recognize their voice, like spend time with them so you know how they sound and what they're like and what they say. And it's kind of the same for getting to know God. And so for me, like prayer and reading the Bible has helped so significantly in me just being able to hear and recognize God's voice and has really, yeah, just allowed me to grow in that area And then I think the other part to that, too, is I think once you're starting to kind of have those moments where you're like, okay, I think God might be calling me to do this thing, or I think he might be saying 
this, like honor that and step out in faith in those areas. And something for me, like I remember when I first started to recognize that I was like, well, I'm so afraid I might get it wrong. And honestly, there are going to be times like we still get it wrong. I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I think God wants me to do this thing. And then the door closes and I'm like, you know what? I think I may have just like misheard it or misinterpreted it. But the beauty is that you never know unless you step out in faith. And so I would just say that is the best way to grow is just through trying it out. If you feel like God is calling you to something and that is aligned with scripture and you pray through that and you feel the peace, go ahead and just step out. And if that is not meant to be, God will be gracious enough to close the door and he will make that known to you in time. But you will start to strengthen that muscle. I know we always say that, but the best way to get better at something is just to repeat, like continue to exercise that and do it. And honestly, discernment for me, like is such a muscle where I have to be in the word and I have to be just acting out in true faith. And then I I start to really hear God's voice in a more clear and tangible way. Yeah, I love, love, love that so much. And I love what you said at the beginning, because I always look at discernment as exactly of what you shared of like a friend, you know, the reason why we trust our friends and we go to our friends is because we spent so much time with our friends and we have seen their character and we've seen their compassion and we've seen their response and we see the way they speak to us. And so when we go to a friend for advice or direction or an opinion or to vent, we know with expectancy what we can receive from them because they're familiar to us. We recognize their voice. We know the words that they'll select to encourage us or be there for us or provide for us. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It really is that friendship relationship. The more that you spend time with God, whether it is in prayer or it is through journaling or it is through scripture, ideally a combination of all of the above is the way that you just grow in that nearness to God. And the nearer that you are to God, the more time you spend with him and the more you see his character in your life, the more that you learn about the heights and the depths and the widths of his love for you. And the more that you see evidence through scripture and even through your life of just ways that he's working and moving, the more that you just begin to trust and hear and you have the ability to listen to his voice in your life. So I know for me that's so comforting versus like allowing discernment to be this super daunting thing and all falls on my shoulder to be able to perfectly hear God's voice. We're not going to always get it right, but also trust that you do have the ability to get it right. So yeah, that would be my tips for that. Our last and final question is ways to build a healthier relationship with food. So how you can have less fear, restriction, Mm. and overthinking. Mm. That is a very, very big intentional question. And I'm just so grateful for whoever asked that because I know that especially as women, I think so many more of us than not will suffer or struggle or overthink those things at some point in our life. And I shared it on our previous episode about why words mattered. I kind of shared it for the first time, I believe, ever on the podcast that I did struggle with an eating disorder. So that is a huge part of my story. And I am so extremely passionate about this topic because of that. And it's truthfully something that I would love to do an entire episode, just speaking more into all of that and hopefully encouraging even in greater depth. But I think for myself, first and foremost, like I know for myself when I was in the depths of my eating disorder and even not at the darkest of times in my life, because I know that, you know, some of you who might relate with this question maybe don't necessarily have an eating disorder, but maybe it's just obsession with your body image or wanting to look a certain way. But I think something that I can just really recollect during those points of times in my life is just you're really not living if all you are doing is thinking about what am I going to eat or what am I not going to eat or how do I look or this or that. Like, the obsession with self and the obsession with your body image and the dissatisfaction that it brings, which is such a painful thing. It's so, so painful when your mind is so immensely preoccupied with how do you look? 
the want to look better, the want to look different, the want to change yourself, the feelings of not enough. And I think something I really had to remind myself of is like, this is not living when my mind is more consumed at a dinner with friends about how can I be sure I don't eat something instead of just being present and enjoying my friendships or being present and enjoy celebrating other people. I think back to so many times when I was just so consumed in how do I look or how do I feel or how does my body look like? How are people perceiving me? And it just like ruled my life. And it ruled my life to the point that I didn't want to show up for those dinners with friends. I didn't want to go to that girl's night. I didn't want to do certain things because I was just too preoccupied with myself. And I think, yeah, just having to really remind myself that in the long run, like, what is the life that I want to live? Like, do I want to live a life that is so present and so able to love other people, to enjoy the beauty and the gifts of life, whether it is, you know, going out to eat with friends, whether it is going on that vacation, whether it is the spontaneous ice cream run at night, like that is the moment or those are the moments in our life that really make our life so beautiful and so special. And those are the things you can't plan. You can't always plan your food. You can't always plan your life around how you look or how you feel. And I know for myself, when I just really took a hold of that question for myself of like, what do I want living to look like? What do I want my existence to look like? What do I want my mind to be filled with? And the moment I decided that I didn't want it to be always preoccupied by me, myself, the way that I look in food is the moment that I really began to pursue freedom. And I think now a mindset I always really cherish is it is such an honor to be able to really just bless my body. And blessing my body means fueling it the way that it deserves to be fueled, not punishing it because I ate something or not punishing it because I didn't work out that day or not thinking less of it just because I'm bloated or, you know, whatever it is. It's just we are so, as humans, we are so fragile. Life is going to ebb and flow. You're going to feel your best one day and you're not going to feel your best the next. And that is a beautiful gift that we we don't always feel the same every single day. And I think just reminding myself of like, I always look at it now as an honor to nourish my body and an honor to be able to enjoy food with friends. And it's just not something that I want to rule my life. I want to I want my life to be ruled by the love that I have to give for others and the way that I can show up so presently with others. And so yeah, that's just like some of my candid thoughts on it. I would love to do a more extensive episode on this because I know the complexities of this and I know that you know there's so much more depth that can be said and spoken into our relationships with food and culture and pressures of social media and, you know, fashion industry and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think those are just some of my initial thoughts when it comes to that. That was so well put. And when I'm thinking back to like kind of when I was growing up and again, like I feel like maybe for me having a healthier relationship with food, but still maybe not having a healthy relationship with like image I think we all at some point in our life struggle with that and I think in the moment it can feel so permanent and it can feel like this is how I'm always going to feel and always view myself and I just want to say that it really like your story is going to get rewritten I truly believe that and if we've learned anything and growing up and growing older it's just that the things that feel so permanent or so weighty or so there is just this discomfort that like manifests into almost this false view of our beauty and it gets skewed along the way and I think the more time you have in your body the more you grow to appreciate it and value it and realize how beautiful it is and you also start to find that like I even remember honestly just like falling in love and being married and seeing somebody love me for my soul regardless of how I looked allowed me and reminded me of the importance of doing the same so I think like truly celebrating all of the beauty that you have celebrating the beauty of why your family and your friends love you so dearly and it has nothing to do with your appearance 
And just knowing that it will get better and each day you're going to get more comfortable in your skin. And it's such a journey and honestly just inviting God into that journey and just reminding yourself like you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to feel like everything's perfect, but it will continue to evolve. And so again, we're going to touch on this in so much more depth, but I hope that can just give you a little bit of hope and a little bit of a taste to see that there like it will get easier and we just really want you guys to feel beautiful because I know that's how God sees you and that's how the people that truly love you are going to see you. Those are all of the questions we have time to go through. Again, we're going to try to get to all of the ones in a later episode. And thank you so much again for honestly just being vulnerable and sending these questions and entrusting us to even answer Mm -hmm. them and speak on them. And that to us really is what this makes makes this feel so special and truly like a friendship. So we are so, so grateful for you guys. And we are going to head on over to our love notes section. Okay, so let's jump right on into it. So we're going to do true and false over different statements about ourselves. And we're going to see and guess if we know whether it's true or false about each other. So I will start us off. So my first one was I was on the weightlifting team in high school. Okay, I actually think I might know that this one's true only because my we like briefly mentioned that my brother-in-law did that and I feel like you said you might have. But I'm going to say true. It's definitely true, which is so funny. It was so unexpected. I loved it. It's so funny because especially if you knew me in high school, which I know none of you guys knew me in high school, but I was like the scrawniest, like all I ever did was run. Like I was on the track team. I was on cross country. And I remember, I think it was my senior year of high school. The coach approached me and they're like, hey, we're trying to start a weightlifting team. Do you want to be on it? And I'm like, I am the weakest person that I know, but I did it and I did it for a year. And I I did get strong, but I don't think I got much stronger. So it was kind of comical, honestly, that I was on the team, but it was fun. The competitions were insane. Like you would see people who were like even, I mean, you would see girls women of like so many different shapes and sizes but I would see girls who were so like unassuming in the sense that they look so tiny and like petite but they would be lifting the most insane weight and I was like what am I doing here impressed like actually this is insane and you guys would think this was insane especially if you saw me in high school but the most I ever deadlifted was 250 pounds I said that was insane oh my God, I think my jaw just snapped. Literally. I like, that is like, I can't do math right now. That was like more than I'm sure my weighed. It was insane. That is unbelievable. I don't know like what's normal. I don't know. I picture myself lifting like 20 pounds and I'm and you're like, like I'm good. No, nowadays I'm like 10 pounds. Oh, feel like I can't do much more. That is so fun. That's such a fun, like fun fact. I know <laughs> it really is. But yeah, that's fine. My first one. Okay. My first one is a little bit athletic oriented. Um, I played volleyball growing up. True or false? I almost like can't even remember us talking about sports for some reason. But I tried to do ones that I felt like I've never mentioned. I feel like we actually have not talked about that. Like I've talked about me running, but I don't feel like you talked about that. But I could so see you as a volleyball player. So I feel like it'd be true unless it's false because you play tennis. Okay, no. <laughs> I, so that is false, but everyone, okay. okay. A lot of people would ask just because I was so tall growing up. I mean, I still am very tall. Yeah, um, you would be perfect in my mind. I don't know why that was one of my least favorite sports. I would like, I think I was doing it wrong. My wrists would always be so sensitive. Oh, me too. I think I was just hitting it wrong, but I did soccer and dance growing up. So I didn't even do tennis was actually later in life. Next question. I feel like I'm like diving back into like my middle school and high school days with like your questions. Um, But my next question was, I was voted homecoming queen in high school. Okay, I actually could so, so see that. 
but I just feel like you maybe would have mentioned that. So that's the only reason I'm like, maybe is this false? Because I feel like I would know it. But I feel like you would be, but I'm saying false. It's true. That's <laughs> true. Like, totally fits your personality. I'm like, that's so cute. I yeah. can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah, it was so fun being on homecoming court. It was my senior year of high school. I need to find the wow. photos that's somewhere. That's iconic. That's like out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was in a really, I'm from a really small town. So it felt very like, yeah, like small town movie vibes. But yeah, it was fun. That's so cute. You need to show me photos. Yeah, I need to find them. This one so random. I don't know why I put it. Um, but true or false, I've ridden on a camel. Okay, that's so random. I feel like it has to be... Well, I don't know. I'm like, when would you have ever ridden on a camel? False. It's false. <laughs> it actually is true. Dang it. Okay. But it's like not even an exciting story. It's so random. <laughs> Isn't I was... it for modeling? No, but that would be cool. Uh, I was random. <laughs> That would actually be a layer on this. I'm just so out of character. It was actually my mom's side of the family lived in Wisconsin. So we would always go for the summer to visit. And they had like some circus. And you could ride on camels, which I don't know if that's even humane. So I don't recommend it. But yeah, I just rode on the camel. And I was like, this is so weird. Here I am in Wisconsin riding on camels. Random. I was really little. It was so random. I like envisioned that like you're in the desert somewhere. That would actually make That'd sense. That'd be insane. Yeah. Um, but that is that one. That's so good. Okay, mine actually didn't write this one down, but I just thought of this one. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Okay. Um, true or false? I have been to more countries than I've been to states. I actually feel like that's probably true. It's true. That's really cool. Well, that's crazy. I was just thinking about that. I I mean, I'm definitely, I need to like write it down how many states I've been to, but I feel like I actually have not been to that many states. I've like yeah. driven through probably, but not like properly visited that yeah. many. Like I've done New York, Tennessee, South Carolina, Arkansas. I, I mean, I've probably done a few, but I, I feel like I know I've done more countries than states. That's really cool. We'll have to like put, yeah, write it down. Yeah, that, that's really fun. That's also a really good one. Mine is that because I said something about being out of the country for this one? No, I, I actually hadn't read that one. Hey, that's so funny. I put that I've only been out of the country twice. I feel like that's true. Isn't it? Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I'm like getting so scared as if it's like make or break. Right. It, you, you went. Okay, sorry, go. No, oh, I was just going to say it's false. It's false? Okay. But I'm trying to think. It's probably been maybe like four times, maybe five. Okay. It hasn't been that many, maybe like four. Okay. Yeah. You've definitely been out of the country way more than Yeah. I mean, I lived out of the country too, so that helped. A lot of countries I hit, I was, like, also a tater tot, like a child. Tater tot. Like, I've, I know I've been to Greece, like, when I was a kid, but I don't remember. But it, it counts, <laughs> you know? I don't super-duper remember, but anyways. My last one that I have is true or false, I've been skydiving. I'm gonna say false because I feel like maybe that was on a love notes thing mm -hmm. but again I'm like you so would skydive like that shocks me if you've never yeah it's false I haven't skydived I like had to think for a second I was like wait have I, have I done it no so I don't remember if I've shared this with you but actually 2020 I had a trip to Australia booked like, of course, the year of COVID. And my birthday's in April. So everything shut down in March of 2020, mm -hmm. as I'm sure everyone knows. And I actually booked a trip to Australia and I was going to go solo. And I was going to go to Australia and then I was going to go skydive in New Zealand on my birthday. Wow. And so I never booked the skydiving thing. I almost did. But I was like, I'll just book it when I get there. And then I remember when everything shut down, I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Like in a month from now when it's my birthday, I'll get to go. 
But of course I had to cancel my trip and I never went skydiving. And I wanna do that still because I feel like what happens is when you start getting older, not that I'm not that much older than I was then, but the three years ago when I planned to do it, the older you get, the more like fear you start having about certain things. So I definitely wanna do it before I get too scared. Yeah, I would have, like if you had asked me literally two years ago, any years growing up, I would have 100% said yeah. yeah. But I don't know what it is. Not that I'm afraid, but I just have a zero desire now. And yeah. That just seems a little uncomfortable. A little intense. So, yeah, and intense. So I agree. I'm like, you got to do it while you're young and fearless. Yeah, and you're not thinking about it too much. My final one is true or false. I won my elementary school spelling bee three years in a row. That is the cutest thing in the whole world. And if you won, you're amazing. I'm bad at spelling. <laughs> I want to say that's true. I could just see that being true. Thank you. It's false. David. Oh my gosh. We that's a good one. I just feel like you would be the kid that would. I don't know that we even really had spelling bees, but I remember we did it one year but I think just once and I misspelled one of the words like semi early on Mm. and I was such a perfectionist growing up that I was defeated like I just remember being so so sad and ever since then I was like I'm not a good speller even though I was totally fine and so I'm like this is my fantasy of me conquering my spelling fear myself (laughs) there's no way I would have ever won a spelling bee because I'm such a visual person I think that's right like in the sense that I need to write things down yeah like I have a hard time spelling things out loud or like saying things out loud sometimes like with a lot of things I need to write it down and then articulate it now that I'm thinking about it I feel like spelling bees even that concept that seems very traumatic that we get like put on the spot to spell yeah I'm like oh my god I literally think now as an adult words that I know so well if I were to spell it out loud I'd get wrong Oh, especially with like autocorrect on everything. Oh, oh, I'm like, no chance. There's no chance. <laughs> I would spill so many things wrong. Same. Okay, well, those are all of our true or falses. Hopefully, you guys played along and learned something new about us. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope it was fun and valuable to you guys, and we will see you in our next one. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We pray this episode was encouraging and life-giving. If you found it valuable, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us along over on Instagram at With Love Always Podcast. Signing off with all of our love always, Bree and Marissa.